Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is April 4th, 2019. Wow, Thursday, right? So tomorrow's Friday, April 5th, and we're waiting for that plea deal. Uh, so hang on to your seats. Uh, remember, you can always find me here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Time. Today, we have a lot of things uh, to talk about Um more developments in Minnesota Stan. Uh, a lot of this, you know, Mandan massacre. No one wants to call it a massacre. And from day one, like I've told you, this is gruesome. Remember the Long Island City massacre where they were like chopping off noses and heads? We're talking. It is insane. Uh, I'll get into more details and describe this strange, you know, undertone, these strange occurrences where it's kind of like, I don't know, is it just like me or well it's not because I'm getting a lot of feedback from all of you and again I want to extend my thank yous to all the cyber soldiers digital soldiers uh, looking into this it'll 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 come to fruition this uh boots on the ground fight that the citizens are holding uh, and helping the president eradicate and eliminate all corruptions in all corners of this nation is incredible. So today, um, I thought maybe we can start with the creeping Sharia. I mean, you know, a lot of people are like, that's so Islamophobic. We can't talk about that. Well, you know, this isn't something that's normal. This uptick isn't normal, and Minnesota is like the pilot. Obviously, we do see that we have Muslim patrols in New York. Uh, there's some popping up in Michigan. But Minnesota has taken lead, and you have to ask yourself why. All of us that have been uh, you know, watching Laura Loomer uh, pretty much unravel this whole mystery from last year and being ridiculed, uh, being called names, being banned from services and platforms, you know, only people that speak the truth are the ones that they seek to rip the tongue out of. They will fight you with anything. And as you all know, in a recent update, she had to go to court, you know, and when, and hopefully everything went well. Uh, I, you know, if I hear anything back from her during the show, I'll let you know. Uh, but w she published an article talking about the governor of Minnesota. But before we get to that, I want you to listen to what the governor of Minnesota said. And this is actually on CARE's website. Remember, CARE, who's, you know, 
main the chapter president is Jelani and Jelani is on the governor's you know council he is an advisor and it feels more like Jelani has him as a sock puppet and you know you just can't tell where the governor starts and where care ends it's just one hot mesh just take a listen to this news report Leaders in Minnesota are bringing together people from all over the nation to discuss Islamophobia and how to stop it. It is the third annual conference to be hosted by the Minnesota Council on American Islamic Relations, also known as CARE. And it comes, of course, at a time when the world is on edge after the recent deadly attack on two Muslim mosques in New Zealand. Our Ashley Zilka is live in St. Paul at Metropolitan State University this midday, where that conference is now underway. Ashley. Well, hi, Jessica. Care leaders say this conference is specifically a timely one because of those attacks that you mentioned. Today, Governor Tim Walz came here and had a strong message. There's zero tolerance for hate. Hate and Islamophobia have no home in Minnesota, but you do. We will call out baseless attacks on our Muslim brothers and sisters at every chance, and we will hold accountable those politicians who choose to use this division to further their own careers at every single turn. More than 200 people packed the auditorium at Metro State University in St. Paul, listening to speakers from all across the country and here in the Twin Cities. The panel took a deep dive into the challenges that the Muslim community face. Advocates say the hateful culture is not inevitable and can be changed. These are individuals who um, are driven to engage in violence, driven to engage in bigotry. Okay, the guy that's talking is actually the author. Based on the presumption, the idea of a book called um, Islamophobia in America. That expressions of Muslim identity are somehow tied to terrorism, somehow tied to invasion, somehow tied to ideas. And Governor Walz says they will be opening three new human rights offices across the state. These offices will be a place of education and sanctuary. Reporting live. All right. So, guys, basically, they have taken it a step further. Remember, Jelani is on his advisory board, on the governor's advisory board. We have Ilhan Omar, who has links to Al-Shabaab. She's literally funded by the Hamas caucus. She is the Hamas caucus in the house. And, you know, they've got these Muslim patrol vehicles. They are demanding that everyone, you know, succumb to what they want when you come to the united states from wherever you come from the number one thing in your oath is to assimilate you do not come here to superimpose what you supposedly fled from now the religion of islam is not all bad uh it it's not but it's the most radicalized and the most important. And if you heard that gentleman's comment that wrote The Islamophobia in America, that author of that book, you have to understand, listen to what he said. He said, oh, it's not like, uh, you know, Islam is all linked to terrorists and Islam is linked to invasion. Well, stop. Look at the European Union, guys. Who invaded them? Go to France today. Let's see Paris today. Go to Italy today. Let's see Italy today. They were invaded. They had hundreds and thousands of people washing up at the shores of Italy and Greece and mandate and demanding, actually, to cross through. Poland put up fences and they were like racist, white supremacists. What? They do not seem to understand that a rate of 
immigration is at some certain point mathematically. When you have that 20 times the amount, that's an invasion. That is an invasion. And again, I even point to our southern border. They're not all Honduran, El Salvadorian, and Mexican. They're coming from the coasts of Africa. They're coming from the Middle East. How many prayer rugs did we find in New Mexico abandoned? Because I don't think there are many Hondurans, Hondurans or El Salvadorians or Mexicans that practice Islam. I mean, embedded in their language and their culture is you know, Christianity. So that's really hard. That, that is a really hard, you know, kind of talking point. Well, they might have converted. No, it, it, it's not happening. What we have now is a full-fledged invasion. And, you know, if he's talking about hate and bigotry, then why not, like Laura said, ask Ilhan Omar to resign or recant her statements about Jews? She told her people, her people, as she calls them, right? They're my people. So she's separating her people. Who are they? Are they only Muslims? Are they people that agree with her? Like, who are they? Where is she now to denounce what Brunei is doing? I want to hear a comment from Ilhan Omar to say, Brunei, you can't stone and kill gay people. Where is she? She's nowhere because she's not going to make such a statement because that would be haram. The bottom line is we're having a really big problem here with this creeping Sharia. And the fact that it's stemmed in Minnesota is the best military strategy they have. It's smack in the center of the backbone of the U.S. economy. We got the farming communities west and north of it, cheese, right? You know, the Rust Belt. We've got a a dense Bible Belt, too. You know, because in South Dakota and North Dakota and even areas of Wisconsin, they've got like, you know, a town of like 500 people, but they have like 15 churches and it's like, what? And they're all kind of like the same, but not really. (laughs) So it is very strategically done. If you want it to spread, you go to the center and you spread out. And this is exactly what we're seeing. Why do you think we're seeing an uptick in Fargo on receiving refugees? Nebraska, remember that caller that had called in weeks ago from Nebraska? Because you can't just control the majority of the United States from the coasts. You got to bring it into the heartland. And Minnesota was perfect for them, close enough to the northern border for the other imports, uh, close enough to the center of America, to the core of the U.S. economy, to spread these ideologies and make people comply. I mean, honestly, though, what happened to Minnesota? Minnesota, a productive state, one that represented pretty much the Midwest guys, didn't they? I mean, it's not really Chicago. Chicago's like (laughs) in a league of their own. They're kind of, they want to be East Coasters. But think about it. Minnesota, like when someone thinks Midwest, what's the first state that comes up to their mind? It's Minnesota. It was extremely calculated, very smart. And, um, you know, now they have an AG that uh, promotes Sharia law. They've got someone in the house and now they've got their 
governor pushing it. And you know what? I want to see their sheriff, right, in, in, in Minneapolis, right? Isn't he gay, right? Isn't he gay? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm diverse and whatnot. But he was supporting uh, CARE and Ilhan Omar and the governor. Why don't we ask him? See, this is how local reporters get stories. And this is how local reporters can expose the double standard and the fake news within their town. Why isn't any reporter in St. Paul or Minnesota going to the sheriff and saying, hey, how do you feel about what's going on in Brunei? They're stoning your, you know, your people. You're, you're gay, right? You identify as LGBTQ, right? What have you done? Have you asked the congresswoman that you so hardly stumped for to write a letter condemning what Brunei is doing? No. No, of course not. This is where the, you know, some have to wonder, like, is he for real gay or did he just say that to pretend that there's diversity? Because we got a lot of that, a lot of that going around. Oh, yeah, you have to listen to me because I'm, you know, a minority. Dude, (laughs) not a minority. Nobody cares who you sleep with. I really don't care. You're just an American citizen and you should stand by it. Now, what identifies you is how you identify yourself. If you're, you know, gay, bisexual, queer, whatever you want to call yourself, right? And you have causes that directly speak to you and you speak out about it, more power to you, do it. But don't do it selectively because he embraced, you know, his, you know, friend of Dorothy, Rhetoric when he was running as sheriff. Well, where is it now? Where is it now that Brunei passed the law, made it, actually rolled it out because they were voting on it in 2013. And in 2014, they passed it and they said there's a five-year rollout. And believe it or not, they did it for five years to allow people who are gay to leave the country. So now it's actually going to be implemented. Where is he asking Congressman Ilhan Omar or his senators, or whatever. I would like you to officially take a position as a member of the House in the United States of America and condemn what Brunei has done. Um, That's not happening. This is the double standard. This is where you can see it. Smoke it out. I mean, we're not dumb. You can read between the lines. You can listen to what is being said. This creeping Sharia is a big problem. You know, in this little ho-diggy state of North Dakota, Do you know that most of the the capital, right, Bismarck, they actually pay for the mosque with state tax dollars. People don't realize that. It's because the mosque has registered as some community place, uh, community excluded this and that, and they get taxpayer money to operate their church, in air quote, their mosque, right? How many Christian churches do you know are funded by state taxpayer money. How many Jewish temples do you know are funded by state taxpayer money? You think this is just because? No, it's the Midwest. If you go to the heart of America and you infiltrate the heart of America, that is how it goes. You know, the saying, you know, uh, how, I, why, why for the past few days have I, I'm constantly saying the word, you know, you know, I have to stop it. It's one of those habits. I wonder who I was, I was speaking to my daughter. That's why she says it. But think about it. When you want something to spread, 
like a disease. You're not going to prick a finger. You're going to put it systemically, right? So this targeted, you know, concentration of refugee settlements, non-assimilating refugees, right, is systemically being put in because this is the heart of the U.S. economy. This is the backbone of the U.S. economy. Think of it. It is like the best military strategy you can. You don't start from the outside. You embed it from within. Do you know that currently in the United States, there are over 100,000 spies of different countries at least at any given day? Do you know that, you know, there's at least a quarter million American intelligence specialists that play double, you know, where they're spying on their own country for others? There's tons of that. And today I saw something that I hadn't seen before. So usually when there are committee hearings, like for budgets, for different departments of the United States, it's on C-SPAN, right? Not everybody watches it, but you know, whatever. For the first time, and I don't remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I never rem- I've never seen the FBI director sit at the congressional hearing, you know, for budget with the commerce um, to talk about his budget for 2020 and be aired on mainstream media. Have you guys ever seen that? I haven't. So that was pretty odd. And listening to it, I actually had um, Scott Adams with me while I was listening to it. And I was kind of thinking, well, yeah, he was like, this is boring. And then it started to get good. It started to get good when they started to bring in racial stuff and everything. But there were a few things that FBI Director Ray said. He said, you know, in a growing digital place where people are using apps and chats and whatnot, uh, you know, we need to be able to monitor and have access to these things more and more. I mean, you think about it. We have the FBI, we have the CIA, but it, it was kind of almost eerie as if, you know, Fourth Amendment doesn't really count. It was a little bit creepy. Uh, I don't know if anybody else read it that way, but that was something that that hit me hard. And I mean, yes, we're in a digital world. Our phones, our emails, our web browsing, everything is monitored. Every single thing. Every single thing. If you're not smart enough, you don't know how to communicate with other people and not be mm, on uh, be detected. You know, there's many apps that destroy things the minute people see them. Kind of like Snapchat before adults. Uh, In journalism, we use those types of avenues of communication when people aren't comfortable putting their name on it or comfortable having things being seen by the FBI, right? When they're not comfortable with that, uh, you know, they will obfuscate and 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 ask hey i'm not comfortable talking through here is there another mean and they ask you for that other mean or they send you a mailed letter or you know a phone call which is always recorded anyway the bottom the bottom line that the fbi director was trying to push is that we should have access to more communications uh in lieu of national security which was 
I think for me, and you guys know, I'm like a staunch constitutionalist. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, maybe it'll help you catch low level people, you know, nothing, not a nothing burger. And I know that you're purporting it because we can get foreign spies, people that want to commit acts of terror on our land. But what about the people that are law abiding? Why should they be subject to that violation? You know, those are the questions uh, that are posed and they're troubling. And in an era of, uh, of information, of digital information, you have to think if I have these people and I give them the authority to look at every single thing I do and I have no ability to hold them accountable for what they do to it, that is being ruled, right? The Department of Justice and the FBI right now are under, and the CIA, are under so much fire because they have been operating for a very long time with no oversight. People complain, dismissed. People stating, dismissed. Nobody is, is, is holding the investigators accountable. Who is going to investigate the investigators, That is the question, because when we forfeit our right and just say, okay, you're a police officer here, take my rights and I trust you. But what if the person that you've just handed over your rights to is not someone you should trust? We see it every day. Those in authority are the ones that are first to take advantage of opportunity and take advantage of the fact that they may never be held accountable for their crimes. Never. And when we lack the oversight to those that oversee us, it's a big problem. So how do you do it? They want to look at everybody's emails. They want to look at everybody's phones, phone records, texts, apps, video games, whatever. Tap into your cameras, your microphones while you're in the bathroom, whatever. Fine. But who's overseeing you that you won't use that? How do I know some guy on your team isn't a pervert and has a site on the back end or Chan board where he's posting pictures of me in the toilet? Because he can. See, laws exist, right? And here's where abuse comes in. Just because a law is there or that you're afforded an opportunity doesn't mean you should use it. Right. So just because video footage of someone in the toilet is there doesn't mean you have the right to use it and access it doesn't mean that. So this is really it made me uncomfortable watching this. And, you know, I normally would not have watched it as, you know, unless I'm I'm looking for some certain information. I won't be trolling C-SPAN for stuff if it's not in something that I'm investigating or looking at or focusing on, I won't. So it was a little bit eerie to see it. And I asked, a, you know, a couple friends, why would Fox be streaming it? And it's like, oh, maybe because of the, you know, Christopher Ray and the FBI is under scrutiny and all of them are getting fired and there's going to be so many indictments. Maybe this is why they aired it. Maybe. But I urge you to listen to the words being stated. And as someone who believes in freedom... And someone who believes in the U.S. Constitution, you can't tell me once you listen to it, you won't feel what I did, which is, oh, okay, this is for our safety and national security, but how do I trust anyone in your organization? 
Your organization recruited people globally to ensure that President Trump isn't president. Your organization, along with the other departments, right, that would have access to this, colluded with foreign entities to overthrow a sitting president. Your agency doesn't have a really good track record. So what do you do to remedy that? How do you put in place oversight to ensure that the people's rights are upheld? You know, just because you can write out a national security letter or subpoena doesn't mean you should. Because this is where it's a very thin line of violating constitutional rights that we have as American citizens. I mean, more is going to be coming out now. Uh, you know, we've been seeing these testimonies. And this weekend, I'm going to sit down and analyze all of them. Alarming statements that were made by Bill's pre-staff that weren't connected, but were like, whoa. Like, why would you say that? You shouldn't say that. Like, how? what makes you feel like you have the right to say something like that? Or what made you feel that you had the right to do something like that? There's just statements that... You know, it's kind of like you want to stand there and say, dude, did you just hear what you said? You know, sometimes when you say something, it comes out completely wrong. And they double down on it. It's, it's just, I'm saying that we need more oversight. And the president is making that clear, too. Uh, this morning, his tweets have been all about legitimate sources uh, and collusion, delusion, let me read you one tweet before we break out on our first commercial break. It says, according to polling, few people seem to care about the Russian collusion hoax, but some Democrats are fighting hard to keep the witch hunt alive. They should focus on legislation or even better, an investigation of how the ridiculous collusion delusion got started. It's so illegal. And it is. When you create a dossier, when you abuse powers that you do have access to and avenues that you do have access to, and you use them to do what you did, it is very criminal. I'll see you all just after this break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it? The more it didn't work. So you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I'm your host, Tori. You're welcome to the Tori Sess Show. And remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. So let's just um, take a look at what the president is telling us today. Obviously, he stated about the collusion delusion being illegal. Then he said, there is nothing we can ever give the Democrats that will make them happy. This is the highest level of presidential harassment in, in the history of our country. Think about it, guys. Have you ever been on social media where you make a comment like, I'm not happy with this amendment or I'm not happy with this statement. And then you get 20 people dogpiling on you. And no matter what argument you make, you know, whatever you say, you're just crazy. You're dumb. You're racist. You're a bit. How many times does that happen? This is exactly it. The Democrats want the Mueller report because they want to find one hair out of place or a possible stone they can unturn. Like this is really getting old. It's like one of those really hateful trolls you have, you know, on social media that just like scathe, like obsess. This is the Democrats. They're obsessed with the president. They're more obsessed because they're losing power. They're scared because a lot of them are going to be packing real soon. A lot of them. They committed crimes Committed crimes. You're a sitting representative, a sitting senator. What are you doing? Why are you leaking information? Why are you knowingly putting out false information with your name? These are crimes. How many of us out there that are journalists, investigative journalists, big names, whatever you want to call it, have had people go on the record using their clout, right, their office to smear you? Tons. 
That's actually illegal. Kind of like it's illegal if you lobby while you're an elected official, right? Could you imagine if there was someone elected and they are lobbying? That's illegal. That's a hint, by the way. You're not allowed to do that. Lobbying while elected? You know, even on any level. I mean, for me, it was pretty glorious to see that we had elected officials, elected officials lobbying to kill recreational marijuana in my state. Um, I guess someone's going to have to do some of that reporting. And guess who is? Yes. Filing paperwork as we speak. These are atrocities done by everyone on every single side of the aisle, because for some reason, People keep thinking that we have two parties. And I know the president has been trying to revamp the Republican Party to be the Republican Party of yesteryear, right? (laughs) From the days of yesteryear, where they were coined by the Democrats as the black Republicans because they believed in freedom and dignity to all people. Remember that. So I know he's trying to reinstate it, but unfortunately, there are so many establishment Republicans. They really need to go. This is like... It's like trying to pull weeds in your yard. You pull them all in, you know, one day and then 20 pop up the next. It's like they just keep coming and coming like a babushka doll where you just keep taking out those little Russian dolls and another one pops up. It's like almost never ending. That's how this corruption is. And not only that, you know, that they're harassing the president, harassing his supporters, harassing his family, his campaign members. They're harassing everyone. Journalists, you name it, they're harassing. Why? Because, 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 what's the because? I'm stuck. Is it because they're that, that butthurt that he was elected? It's power. The only thing they want is power. But it is at this point that a lot of us have to be very, very careful on which air quote Republicans or politicians we listen to and follow. I will say it again. Lindsey Graham is not on Team America. Lindsey Graham is on Team Swamp. He kind of like flip flops. Don't forget his history. We've all seen the pictures. Come on, guys. We've all seen the records. We've seen it, haven't we? We have calling for a secondary, a second special counsel. Really? So you have more stuff you need to delete, obfuscate, eliminate, so the people never gain back full control? No, 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 no. That's going to be another roadblock. They keep throwing roadblocks in front of our president. He's done great for our country, and no one can deny that. The news cycle this week... Totally redundant. Didn't I say at the beginning of the week that this week is going to be as if we're walking in tar? Can you guys feel it? It's always like that before something big hits. Now, is the Costco plea deal the hit? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. But something's coming and it's going to be pretty big because the week is like super slow. Like it's Thursday. I'm like, isn't it Friday yet? Super slow. Our president has done so much. Unemployment down, jobs, bringing back manufacturing, making us respected again. For me, I've been trying to find information of what he discussed with NATO the other day. And I was watching the speech that 
that gentleman decided to give out and he was applauding Azerbaijan and all these other countries. Did we pull out? Did the president tell him, look, we're going to pull. We're not paying anymore. You all have to pay your fair share. But the one thing is for certain that no one messes with America anymore because we call them to the carpet. See, people hate it. I don't know why. And it's not regular people. It's not people that believe in a free country. It's not people that don't bow down to the God of government. Right? Those people love it when you call them to the carpet. When you say, wait a minute, hold on. This doesn't sound right. This is very strange. This is very curious. This is what the president does and they can't stand it. They're like, hey, we shouldn't be talking about that. It's kind of like in the olden times where, you know, you open the front door and you're like, hey, here's some muffins. Great. Close the door and it is chaos in your house. People being beaten, drugs, whatever, right? It's like a public face and a private face. And for some reason, people still adhere to the thing. We shouldn't be talking about a few things. We need to keep that quiet. We don't want to air our dirty laundry. That's how it feels. And the president doesn't do that. He's like a bull in a China cabinet. He's like, no, man, I work for the people. I don't know who you think you are, where you can like secretly have like these slush funds account to pay off as Senator, our tax money being used to pay off victims of sexual abuse, assault, rape and whatever other crimes they've committed in the house and senate like why can't we get access to this slush fund i want it i'm refiling a FOIA request because the first one i did was not very specific i know there's a lot of people i know judicial watch is doing i know a lot of people are asking for this but they work for us and they don't like it when we probe and ask questions they're like why don't you just leave it alone like we know what we're doing this is why it's our job it's like no because you work for me i don't bow down to you and what you're giving me is nonsense and this is why we investigate our senators our attorney generals our cops our presidents this is why we investigate them right well, what has this president said to you that would warrant an investigation? He is the most transparent president we've had in a very long time. Very, very long time. The most transparent. So the question is, why are the Democrats pushing bills now to have to disallow people from probing them and asking questions, right? Remember that election bill where they want to like pick their own federal electoral committee, right? They want to be able to pick the laws. They want to not allow people to talk about them, not allow people to probe and investigate them, not allow the people to see their filings for their financials. Why are they doing that? Why are you trying to hide your stuff? Why are you trying to hide who you speak with? Why are you trying to hide all this? Because you're dirty. Because when people keep their mouth shut and when people start making allegations with nothing, just like the dossier, it was a nothing burger. It was fake news. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, Ooh, I'm going to play that clip for you. I'll pull it up. There is a clip by CNN that Anderson Cooper put together. Now you're going to know why the fake news is upset that they're being called fake news. Because when this FISA warrant is taken down, right, obviously we're going to see a lot of what? We're going to see a lot of foreign 
actors in it, right? We're going to see a lot of dubious acting, but what we're going to see is a lot of CNN and a lot of fake news literally in there with no sources. And why do I say this? Listen to this tweet that I'm going to read to you before I play that clip. The New York Times had no legitimate sources, which would be totally illegal concerning the Mueller report. In fact, they probably had no sources at all. They are a fake newspaper who have already been forced to apologize for their incorrect and very bad reporting about me. He's right. They had nothing. They claimed that they knew and they had nothing. Absolute nothing burgers. Yet they dragged our president and his family through the mud with fake Mueller report things. I mean, you know, it happens to all of us. So many people are experts, right? Sitting on their lawn chairs, you know, dishing it out. Fake new CNN is one and the same. You know what happened? Do you know that emails, communications between the FBI and CNN were requested on, you know, on or about the time that Roger Stone, you remember Roger Stone, who was raided by like 50 SWAT teams for a process crime? Like he wasn't even a criminal, wasn't going to sit there and shoot back. He was like there. No one told his lawyer nothing. They came crack of dawn with weapons drawn, amphibians in the back. Like it was insane, right? But CNN had a lawn chair and they were sitting there videotaping it. And they're like, oh, we just happened to be in the neighborhood. Shut up. No, you weren't. Who talked about it? Here's where you get them called to the carpet. Here's where you see collusion between your media and the government. Your media and the government work together. They cover each other's back. Fake news. And what do they get in return? Awards. Didn't they all get awards for reporting on the Russia collusion? You know, the conspiracy theory of Russia collusion. That was a nothing burger Russia collusion. See, when you see them getting awards for stuff, that's where you got to be like, it's like, the, it's like the, the Oscars. They're like all patting each other on their back for doing nothing. Like, if you need an award, then eh, pretty lame. All right, let's see. Let me pull this up. CNN posted an episode of CNN Replay. Let's play this. Hold on. Where is the volume on this? Hold on. Because it's not being my friend right now, guys. I'm going to try to pull it up on a page. Give me a second. Because this is very telling. Because you're going to see just what they're worried about. Because remember... The fake news are what did it for us. The fake news have been causing roadblocks for our nation. The fake news have been driving this conspiracy theory. See, when they're in your pocket, they will say whatever you want them to say. This is how it works. All right, here it goes. Got it up. Let's see. Anderson Cooper's face. If the House Ways and Means Committee prevails, President Trump will have to turn over six years worth of tax returns. Now, as we showed you in the last segment, he's repeatedly promised to make his taxes public just as soon as... What he alleges is an IRS audit is completed. He said the same today. Now, bears repeating, he has not produced any evidence. He is actually being audited. And even if he was, it would not preclude him from putting out the returns. During the campaign and into his administration, his audit claim was just one of many unfounded or factually shaking, misleading, or outright false statements on his part. For those who knew him before he got into politics, this wasn't especially surprising, as he wrote or as his Ghostwriter Tony Schwartz wrote for him in The Art of the Deal, people want to believe that something is the biggest and the greatest and the most spectacular. 
I call it truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration and a very effective form of promotion. Which is one thing when you're, you know, pitching gold leaf condos with sub-zero appliances. It's another when you're president. Now, that said, we've all kind of gotten jaded to the fact that our president, whether you like him or dislike him or, or even care, is a habitual liar. And in the time it took for all the lying to become... All right, before we continue with that, I just want to point out tax returns. So now we're cycling back. We're recycling the old, old tax return thing. He doesn't have to give you his private tax returns. As a private citizen, he, ha- he doesn't have to. Private citizens don't have to provide diddly squat to anyone to prove anything. As president, he has to provide you all his tax returns. As president going forward, they're like Hillary Clinton gave hers. Yeah, because she's a public servant. That's why she had to hand them over. Let's talk facts, right? These are facts. And him saying he's a habitual liar, what he said in the art of the deal is true. You use your your truth and you kind of give the gusto to kind of exaggerate, but it's all truth-based. You exaggerate all truth-based because this is how you create conversation and promotion. That's business. That's business. But he's not doing that as president because, unfortunately, none of them are talking about the good things he does. He has to do it himself. But let's listen to the next three minutes of this. Um, it, it's very, very telling just where Sucker Zucker of CNN is sitting right now because they are mitigating. They have nothing they, they have nothing to report on because the only thing they have to report on are, are, are his successes. So and, and, you know, fake talking points about the border. We'll get into that uh, right after the break when Scott Adams joins us and we talk about the Mandan massacre. Remember, this is a massacre and no one is calling it like it is. But anyway, let's just analyze CNN here. Almost normal. Something else happened. It seemed to have accelerated. According to The Washington Post's fact checking team, the president of the United States made an average of 5.9 false or misleading claims a day in his first year in office, which is staggering. However, in the last 200 days or so, he's been averaging 22 false or misleading statements per day. As of April 1st, it adds up, according to the Post, 9,451 false or misleading claims over 801 days. Here's a sample from just the last 24 hours. So what they've done over the years is they release them into the United States and they say, come back in four years for a trial. And nobody comes back. I guess 1%, 1 to 2% on average come back. And they arrange these caravans. And they don't put their best people in those caravans. In the meantime, we're releasing you into our country. Now, only 2% come back for the trial. Did Mr. Powell ask you to delay No, I wanted to delay it myself. My father is German, right? Was German. And uh, born in a, a very wonderful place in Germany, and so I have a great feeling for Germany. The largest tax cuts in the history of our country. If you have a windmill anywhere near your house, congratulations. Your house just went down 75% in value. America now has the hottest economy anywhere in the world. And they say the noise causes cancer. You tell me that one, okay? Just quickly run down those statements in order. The no-show rate in immigration cases certainly is substantial. It's far from 98%. Okay, so I'm going to break it down. He says the no-show rate is substantial, but not 98%. Yeah, it's 97.6%. So rounding up is not allowed, according to CNN. And I'm going to be deconstructing every statement he says because this is how vicious and desperate they are. Take a listen. Uh, There's no evidence Central American governments are arranging the caravans and putting... Uh, 
And like I said, Tory has the evidence. I tweeted out, yes, the Central American government has deals with the DNC and Democratic funded organizations to fund these caravans. I have all the proof. I have the identification and the documents and I'm formulating them. I've tweeted out some of them so you can see it. We have put out an article. You need to see the article, which was more focused on the kidnappings that are happening from these caravans on torysays.com. Go to the search bar and just type the word Cindy. She did a great piece. And if you're not following her, you should. Uh, she's on FM 88.1 Fargo, right? In Fargo, North Dakota, talking about the border. This woman has a show called Mexican Crossing Lines. Uh, She herself is part Mexican. She is appalled with what is going on, and she is giving to you ground sources from Mexico. Like, she is my source, and she is incredible. So what he's saying is a lie, and that is to come. And you better make sure that I'll have Anderson Cooper's uh, little video included in there just to show how he lied. They're not best people in them. They aren't Mitch the McConnell best McConnell himself says he asked the president to delay work on a replacement for Obamacare. The president's father was born in New York, not Germany. His father's father was uh, from Germany. The Trump tax cuts, though, large. He didn't say his father was born in Germany. He said his father was German. Real estate experts say windmills do decrease property values, but by nowhere near 75%. The economy Uh, is growing here, but it's growing far faster in other countries, and there's no. Okay, what a liar. So, first of all, how many states right now, how many states? are opposed to putting windmills because they take down property value. There's actual research in states like Montana, even North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota that have have had problems with windmills because they lower the property value substantially. Substantially. Probably more than 75%. Because nobody wants to be at a house right? To have a house right next to a windmill that's whipping and whipping and whip. Do you know how loud those are? Have you ever stood by a windmill? Imagine having to sleep with that. No one wants it. It's kind of like properties that back up into highways. Nobody wants that. I don't want the traffic noise. I don't want this. Those properties are always, yes, it's 75%. There's actually tons of evidence as such. Even in my poxy state, there's evidence as such. So this is just how disgusting they are. You know, it's not 98% because it's 97.6%. There's no evidence and documentation that they're not putting their best. That's because they're all coming in here illegally and they're bypassing, they are bypassing our ports of entry so that we can say, oh, this guy came in and he's a rapist. This guy came in. He's MS-13. This guy with five kids trafficking them in came in. This guy from West Africa came in. This guy from the Hamas, you know, organization came in. We can't. They're running through. How do you quantify that? You can't. The only thing you can do is look at your prisons and see all these people. How do you look at the caravans? Look at who's paying for it. Look at who's committing fraud al otro lado that they are actually on a dhs watch list right now and these people are creating fake marriage certificates you know those kids that you see screaming with mommy and daddy pairing them up attaching a child giving them actual identification from mexican immigration authorities that validate the marriage and the child and then push them across the border and say look you're so full just don't check look we've done our checks here in mexico just take them that's basically what's going on evidence that noise from wind turbines caused that cancer. was a joke the cancer not, how dumb is not he even truth, that was truthful a joke. hyperbole to be charitable to the president some of those statements do have a small kernel of truth like 
So, you know, the cancer thing, if you guys actually watch the video back and it's on, and it's actually titled on Trump's lies, Anderson Cooper is keeping them honest. He was like, yeah. And they're saying like the windmill is now even causing cancer or something from listening it too much. And he just made like the, you know, you know how you go crazy and you do your finger in circles by your ear. That's what he was doing. It was a joke. And though he's going to take it as fact. Content to them, but out of that seed usually grows a big <clears throat> honking falsehood. Some of it is ridiculous, like in a funny shake your head type of way. Not all of it is. Some of it's kind of weirder. I mean, what does it say when you tell someone your dad was born someplace other than where he was actually born? Why say that? And it's not the first time he said that. It wasn't like a slip of the tongue. It's actually the third time he said that. He seems to do it when he's talking to someone from Europe or talking about European issues. And why, if you're the president of the United States, would you trot out some fact-free assertion about windmill noise causing cancer? Oh it's possible it's a throwback to him losing a battle in Scotland to keep windmills away from his golf course. But cancer? And don't even get a start on the whole they say or some say the excuse that he used. It's one of those tricks like a get out of jail free card. See, this is so disgusting, though, guys. This is harassment. This is modified harassment. Like the guy was joking and you saw him going like crazy doing the, 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 the whole thing. And then he's taking his like, yeah, that they cause cancer. Oh, it could be the windmills by Scotland. Yeah, of course. Just like throughout the United States where people are like, no, I don't want a windmill here. I think in my state they were like, we don't want windmills because it's obfuscating like visual, you know, scenery or something. Come on, man. Like pick your fights. Make them real. Don't pick on stupid things. It's like when people come at you on Facebook. Oh, you had to edit your your post or look at your typos. It's like, uh, seriously, can you come back with an actual argument about the content of the statement rather than like, hey, you spelled that wrong or hey, you're missing an S or you had to edit it a few times. How weird. You know, this is this is where we're at. Low level, low intellect arguments because they have nothing you're called out on an absurd claim, you say, well, I just said that they say. There is another, another level of kind of dark or weird he went to yesterday, using a lie to lay groundwork for conspiracy, his belief that any election that he or his allies happen to lose should come under suspicion for being rigged. Uh, yeah, they should, because you've been rigging elections. You're going to watch those vote tallies. You know, I keep hearing about uh, the election and uh, the, the various uh, counting measures that they have. There were a lot of close elections that were, they seemed to every single one of them went Democrat. If it was close, they say that. And he's right, okay? I'm coming up to the break. He's right. Didn't we have that, like, two weeks later, suddenly from Republican, it goes Democrat? Come on, man. We've seen the election fraud. We know it's fraud. Bottom line is, they're corrupt. They're in panic. And it's, and it's go time now. And it's April showers. So I'll see you guys all after the break. And Scott Adams will be joining me. And you'll get... Groundbreaking news, always real, and always straightforward. See you all in a few.
Welcome back, host. Have a great show. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says. For the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the second hour of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. And um, this hour, we're going to be joined uh, by Scott Adams, so we can both together, commercial-free, talk about a lot of you know, little tidbits. Now, um, until he comes on air, you guys know that I live in this state of North Dakota. For a New Yorker, that was a change. I could tell you that. My, I, But you know what? As a city rat, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm totally fine with it. The only thing that I can't seem to adjust is just how um, okay people are with BS being shoved their throat. And, uh, you know, people keep telling me, man, it's small town mentality. Uh, but no, 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 no. Let me tell you what we know so far. Remember on April 1st when I, when I, when I started to talk about this, um, I expressed to you guys that this was a bloodbath, that this was a massacre. And I've coined it the Mandan Massacre. And anyone referring to it should be coining it the Mandan Massacre. But I am more and more as it's so strange the way things are going, so strange that I'm thinking, gosh darn it. Uh, we're having an issue here. There's a lot of obfuscation, uh, a lot of uh, concerns uh, that are, you know, tons of red flags. And Scott Adams, welcome to the Tory Sess Show. I see that you're here with us. I was just starting to give an introduction about the strange Mandan massacres because more information just came out, which is really strange. Uh, the police are refusing to make uh, any statement on who made the first call to 911 if they did for a medical call where uh on broadcastify and there's there's audio where it'll shock you like no one is talking about dead bodies they're talking about someone getting CPR. It is the strangest thing ever. Um, uh, Scott, welcome to the Tory Sess Show, everybody. Remember, Scott Adams is, uh, you can find him on www Scott Adams Show. He's got an awesome morning run uh, for three hours, and you can catch his uh, live radio shows on Scott Adams uh, 
show.com. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Tori, for having me. Uh, you know, that case is very interesting. And uh, as you know, uh, I spoke, you and I both have spoken with one of the family members and uh, of the one of the victims. And also, I listened to a YouTube from another family member of another victim. And, um, you know, a lot of what's going on with this Mandan, Mandan case is very strange and what's partly strange about it is what the family the immediate family doesn't know they're everybody's sort of in the dark nobody's revealing anything the family knows very little you know they they know next to nothing in fact it's citizen journalists like yourself that are actually finding out more and are able to inform the family about what what might be going on than the other way around and uh, it'll be interesting to see when or if this case goes federal, which I think it probably already it has. Should, you just, I don't know. They haven't it, it should. It should. But, you know, at one point I was thinking, oh, no, no, no. They don't want to hand it over to federal because they want the glory. But on the other hand, like I said, on April 1st is like, come on, this is Mandan Police Department. Like they're not qualified to uh, process a crime scene like this with blood spatter analysts and stuff like that. But you know what? Stay out of my business. How many movies have we seen about this old Southern hick redneck sheriffs, you know, that don't want uh, the, the big city fancy New Yorkers coming down and messing with their cases, oh you know, gosh. because they're up to no good. You know, oh a lot gosh. of this local policing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Take You're a look at to my heart. Look at what Chicago. they're telling me. Look at what they're telling me, though. This is exactly the response I'm getting from people in the state of North Dakota. Shut up, New Yorker. You don't live here. And it's like, do these people even like look before they talk you know this is right. this is the response i'm getting and i'm giving people more news than their local regional media and i'm posing questions while people are like no we should let them handle skepticism it and you go all now down the road and get out of here you take your fancy skepticism and get out of right you're not Skedaddle. allowed to you're not allowed to because <laughs> how dare you question authority uh but you know what scott this is this is very, very strange. And I'm, you know, I'm going to put my little, you know, theory hat on here. And I'm, I'm smelling some implications with law enforcement. And, yes. uh, you know, I'm really thinking that this was, you know, obviously we all know, everybody knows that no matter where you are in the world, and we've seen it in movies from the mobsters, you know, from the bootleg eras, you do not operate in any city or state without what? Protection from law enforcement, right? You don't. Can't well, have an organized. That game. was Corleone Family 101. You know, they basically had the journalists and the police in their pocket. The Corleone family. Exactly, and this is the same thing with modern gangs. MS-13. We see that too, right? They have Pelosi as their spokesperson. <laughs> but regardless, um, what we're seeing here is really, really eerie, and it raises so many questions. And people, for some reason, random people, and th this is like from social media side, fake accounts are being sprouted out everywhere saying, leave them alone, think of the family. And I was like, dude, if I was a family, I'd be pounding down that door saying, tell me who you have, tell me what you're doing, show me what you're doing. The families don't know anything. And only two of the three families involved are being propped up by the media. And it's as if they're excluding the other one purposely. I know by choice, people choose privacy and that's great. I'm all for it. You need time to grieve. But these people are not only being propped up and they're, you know, we had an Illinois media outlet say that these are two of the four children of the victims, you know, of all the victims. And I'm like, 
But the third, you know, the, the fourth victim had two children too. Why are you excluding them? Why are you not talking about them? Why is the police department propping up two of the families, but not the other one? Because they had a sketchy history. Were they the scapegoat? Those are questions that should be asked. I mean, what is your take? Why are they so silent? They're refusing, you know, any requests for questions. I mean, I sent a request that's not blanket. You know, a lot of wannabe journalists and questions like, tell me this, tell me. I sent very specified questions and I was careful to make sure that they were like on the fine line and not to impede with the investigation, right? But how is the police officer who was first on the scene impeding an investigation? Like, is he embarrassed to say I was there first? What time? I think there's compromise going on. You know, I think that, uh, and it might even be at a smaller scale. You know, it may not be that we're talking about major league payoffs or sex bribes or whatever. It it could very well be, you know, a a timeshare, vacation package, whatever. But no matter what it is that that someone buys into, right, uh, they're, automatically compromised and at that moment you know as soon as they're exposed they lose their career they lose their job they lose their whole livelihood they lose everything and a lot of these uh, cops uh, could very well be you know family uh, family men fathers husbands wives whatever it is but at the end of the day uh, if they if they've turned a blind eye to something and they were sort of like paid off for basically doing nothing but closing their eyes I mean, that's an easy bribe where you don't even have to get your hands dirty. You just have to sort of turn the other way. Uh, And you might end up with um, a nice nifty timeshare or, you know, whatever. So there's a lot of different ways to pay people off. It's not just with money. It's uh, with luxury or whatever. Access, Um, promotions. Somebody gets involved with such a thing. And the only reason why I think about it like that in this particular case, and I don't think about things like this in every case, but in this case, the way the gruesome, you know, this was obviously a hit and it was obviously to make a statement. You know, somebody was like decapitated here. This was like a slaughter. This was a flat out, you know, MS-13 style hit. So whether there was sex trafficking or whether there was drug trafficking or whether there was gang gang violence of some sort where someone was controlling a certain area of of, of the community. I think some of these people were innocent, you know, maybe the person we spoke to that person shows up and they're being set up in a trap or they are, we don't really know exactly what happened except for the fact that people were really slaughtered. There It was a bloodbath. It was a, it was a no, I decapitation. Know, I, know, I know, I know. I talked about it. I told people like when they see it, remember Long Island city where they were like oh, chopping man. off heads. That's yeah, no, no, no. Cry but, uh, perpetrated by an outsider, not somebody who grew up in that, that area. Exactly. Right? And it seemed like it was like a professional violent, uh, gangster no but it was that's what i was saying these people were sliced and diced they weren't shot to say that you know people are saying oh it was a disgruntled meth head for being evicted and not cooking meth in his apartment disgruntled meth head would not use a machete peel nails off slice heads dismember people no meth head would do that by themselves overpower four people right talk uh, I'll take one nail off. Talk, I'll take another nail off, right? 
Right, stuff like that. Yes, exactly. And the thing is, this is what happened. And they're not talking about it. The media yesterday was, uh, you know, running one, and they had, like, some police officer read off a paper saying, call us, give us your tips. Do you know what people were emailing me and um, dusting me? They were like, man, we don't want to give tips. I think they just want to know who knows something and who's leaking information so they can shut us up. People are actually scared of the actual police. Because why wouldn't you hand it over to the FBI when it's so gruesome? Why wouldn't you want the experts to come in with the fancy, you know, dusters and the lights and the sprays to determine what happened? You know, what's you know, what's really sad, Tori, is that you, you live not that far from that that area, not that far, you know, relatively speaking. Um, and, and the thing about that is, is that you have to fear for your life now the next time a cop rolls up into your driveway. Think about that. It used to be that you would feel safe when a cop would come by, right? But not anymore. I mean, now uh, things have gotten so out of control in our societies uh, that what is up is down and down is up. I mean, left is right. I mean, it's it's we're living in strange times. You know, after in the wake of something like uh, Las Vegas uh, or you see someone like Keith Ellison, you know, running the attorney general's office out of Michigan Minnesota, or, or Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, um, and, and so on and so forth. You can no longer trust your law enforcement. I mean, he's the top cop in Minnesota, and he's you know a person that abuses women. And Laura Loomer busted that wide open. I mean, she's scared. This, too, we're living so- in times right now where there's so much corruption that corruption seems to be more the norm than than the exception. Right. So the, the, the question here is, why are they obfuscating? And, you know, uh, the more and more that I look into it, um, Adam Fuhrer, who had uh, been raised by a man who was a, a convicted pedophile, might have actually even been a victim of his, you know, and, uh, you know, his father was a well-known child trafficker, repeat offender. And this, this man had like the worst upbringing ever. And everyone who listens to me knows how compassionate I am for criminals, for people that have been raised wrong. You know, we always have to have compassion because that's the number one thing we have to have to remain human and moral. And, you know, this man had a troubled past, uh, you know, he, his last, you know, uh, arrest and going to court was in 2002, you know, from my sources he was picked up other times and thus uh, but let go and that wasn't uh, like on the record uh, he could actually be a ci and here's where it gets creepy take this take the way this massacre was done it wasn't something that could be done within 30 minutes right uh because adam fuhrer turned up like around after seven and you know both his cars were parked outside of the rjr rental management company both of them his work truck and his personal truck right so he he walks in on something does he walk in on something did he go to work at seven or did someone call him down there because all the other people were already dead because they were tortured they were it was so gruesome that you would feel sick walking in there. Like sometimes even when I watch shows on TV, like CSI or whatever, um, whenever I catch them, you know, it's kind of like, whoa, I've seen stuff like this. It makes you sick. So these people were tortured and it's the same exact MO we see for most of the MS-13 Mexican cartel and these Native American underground, you know, organizations. And North Dakota isn't like one of the big export states for drugs. It's what? An export state for trafficking. Going on a lot. 
you know, just look at the movie Deliverance. You know, there was a lot of backwoods weird stuff that was going on, and the whole town knew what it was go- what was happening going on. You know, you look at movies like Deliverance. This is not new concept. This is not a new idea. I mean, things have been happening in the backwoods and in small towns for forever. And in a lot of ways, you know, you get these police officers that went to the same high school, played on the same football team, and basically, you know, getting themselves. So somewhat involved in in the uh, in in basically lo- turning turning the uh, a blind eye to things, and that gets you compromised. That gets you in trouble, and it leads to things that happen right now in in Mandan. Yeah. And by the way, when you say CI, I guess you're referring to the criminal uh, um, a criminal informant. Um, yes. And, and that's, yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. Like he came out of the blue and, you know, a property management company, right? When do they open up, you know, their doors on their website? They say they're there at eight 30. So why was management and the owner there before seven, right? On a Monday morning on April fools before seven o'clock, because whatever transpired in there happened before seven o'clock. The medical call was put in after Adam's arrival. So this Adam. is Adam Fuhrer, the fourth victim, was not management. He was just working there for eight years. And here's what I'm thinking. Call him in. Do we have any phone records that called him in that morning? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'm going to be formulating another email where I'm going to be sending it to the Mandan PD, but I'm also going to be sending it to the FBI because what's curious is, is that he showed up. Was it normal that he goes at seven o'clock or did someone call him? And if he was a CI and a, and a law enforcement officer or someone in black or blue called you and said, Hey, can you meet me here? You would go right? Because you're a CI. I'm just saying it could have been that he was a CI and he could have been uh, someone else that called him down, whatever. We don't know. But the thing is he appeared after they were all slaughtered. That is what is showing now. So the question is who called in the medical call and how did they not refer to, Hey, there's like dead bodies here. Who are they doing CPR on? Like there's so many rumors and you know, what sucks more is that the people of Mandan, instead of asking these questions, like how dare you say something like that? about our city and it's like dude everybody's poop stinks and to be righteous and to take control of your city is by calling it out and fixing it so that way you have something to be proud of you cannot be proud of something that has shady things going on and what was even more strange is that the chief of police sat there and said you know this company has been very reputable and they're a reputable member of the community and i'm thinking dude have you read the reviews these were slumlords Best report that just came out uh, basically said 911 call of four slain in Mandan, North Dakota, not released. So they're not releasing anything. Yeah, but it's already on Broadcastify. Mm-hmm. You know, the the where they're talking over the radio, I guess. But they're not going to release it. That's okay. I've got a template of FOIAs ready to go. You know, I've got a template ready. Um, the The thing that's really strange is, one... The chief of police felt it necessary to say they're reputable to the families, two of the families, right, which represent three of the victims, are all running GoFundMes and business as usual two days after slaughter. Like, how does that even happen? And then three, today they announced we're going to have a memorial for them on Tuesday. And I'm like, what? This is like three days after the massacre. You're going to hold a memorial. You don't know why they died, how they died. Okay, it's a remembrance of who they were. And it's like, isn't that a little bit too soon? 
I mean, it's, it's as if they, they're on a timeline to let's forget about this. We're not giving you anything. Stand by. We'll tell you what you need to know. And it's like, no, you work for us. This is of public interest, actually of national interest, because the way the murders were conducted. And I want to know why the only guy who actually had a criminal history and possibly, you know, the fall guy was called in or why he appeared at that time. He just walked in on it. Why his injuries weren't the same as the others. Who done it? These are questions that need to be asked. And people are saying, we trust the police. How do you trust the police? They cover for their own. There's a list of police officers, U.S. Marshals, in the state of, for kitty diddling, drug trafficking, murders, executing people. Come on. Like, I'm not saying I support out of, no matter what, my men in blue. Just because there's one bad apple doesn't mean they're all spoiled. But that one bad apple has a network of friends, right? And that's where we need to focus on. I mean, think about it, Scott. How strange is this? The comments, the outrage, the fake outrage, and then this weird thing of almost like, hey, this is a vibrant community with lots of businesses. This is how you talk about something horrific that happened? They won't even call it a massacre. I mean... Provisions, the police very much stonewalling. I think the police have a lot to hide. Um, I don't, well, you know, or, or they could be onto something and they're trying to get an investigation. Somehow, somehow the, uh, 911 call is, is, uh, is revealing to a certain degree, but it says the associated press requested audio and a transcript of the 911 call, but police denied the request Thursday, citing a provision of the state's open records law that allows authorities to withhold such information during an active investigation. Police did confirm that a Wednesday search in a field about a half a mile from the business was related to the investigation. So, and that goes back to my wow. sources where they told me they had a suspect. Um, and um, my sources are ironclad. You know, uh, and they also said that they overheard something about green cards. And uh, so they had someone that they're questioning, possibly still have them. And they're trying to get information of leaders of their group. And, and, you know, a lot of people are so blind to what goes on. Like in this state, we have a huge MS-13 problem and their major export item is humans. All humans. And we know they're not all for sex and child trafficking diddling. It's usually organs, you know, um, and just being house slaves or whatever or experiments. But most of them are being bussed across the border on the south, which makes it even more necessary that we build a wall. Uh, but th this is the main export. Like North Dakota is the highest in human trafficking. And for some reason, we have the fewest arrests, which is insane. So... If it's organized crime, I, just correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but if it's organized crime, don't the feds come in? They do. So then yeah, why aren't the that's, feds uh, on this? Because That's racketeering. Exactly. So why aren't the feds on this? I said that from day one. I mean, obviously, I'm taking a lot of heat on social media. How dare you? You go back to New York, you whatever. And it's like, man, this is national interest. This is MS-13. The, the way these murders were conducted to the, to the Cobbs and Robert Falkler were almost identical to the ones that we saw in Long Island City over a year ago. Almost identical. MS-13 MO. Some people have been coming across, multiple people. It's like a Colombian necktie. They use that term. And this is coming from a lot of people. And it's like, yeah, you know, from what I, 
I can't say I saw it, but I, I can. I mean, even though I'm not physically there, I have really good sources and I can tell you it was gruesome. And all I did was pay, pay attention to the way it was slayed. I'm thinking machete. Um, it was really bad. It was really, really well, bad. Yeah, nails uh, indicate that there was torture to get somebody to talk. Right, the dismemberment part, I know. And and so right. that's the thing. And, you know, they didn't have that time, did they? Well, they that's, didn't have a huge time to kick to commit these slaughter. That's what they're saying because now they have the fourth victim that comes in and everyone's like, well, they couldn't have done all that in half an hour. That's right. That means management and the owner were there first and Adam just turned up afterwards. Was he called in? Is it his normal time to clock in at 7 a.m.? Nobody knows. That's what I'm saying. That he arrives on video around 7 and then, you know, 7.30ish, you know, the medical call is made and they're seeing CPR going on, which is super strange. CPR rentals and money transfers, bank records. I told and, them that too. You know, the yeah. And, and phone records. Exactly. And that's the thing. You pull phone records. Let's see who called, you know, Adam, who called him down there? Was he called? You know, he could have just had a pre-booked appointment. Who knows? Uh, but, but did anybody call them? Look for cash transactions. I mean, they don't even have the manpower to canvas all the properties and uh, the, the uh, what do you call this? The storage units that are there. They don't. To canvas through and see. They don't. This is why the Fed should be on it from day one. That's what I'm saying. Like, why isn't this happening? Why are they so secretive? And it's usually because they want to cover it up. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. So many people are coming to me. And that's so great to see. Because they're actually scared to tell the authorities that they know something. And they're also uh, scared of the reporters too. Because the reporters don't want to ask questions. I mean, like I said, they were asking the dumbest questions like was this an april fools i can't get over that was this an april fools joke gone wrong and i'm like does this guy still have a job jesus and he's supposedly a good reporter like who says that so it was just like really weird sense that i'm getting from the people uh throughout north dakota uh and from the city of mandan that are like tori thank you for asking these questions you know wow that's exactly what's happening with Red State Talk Radio and the Tory Says Show, is people are not getting news from the mainstream media. You turn on MSNBC and CNN right now, they're not covering this story. They're covering Trump's taxes that they're never going to get. I mean, wh why is that important? You know, why is that relevant? I mean, there's so many other things that are going on today. We got a border security crisis, right? immigration crisis. We got so many other big issues to tackle and deal with. And Trump is there, you know, uh, working every day on issues and topics that are important to taxpaying Americans and the mainstream media, they just want to continue to drop the ball and get things wrong all the time. This is a story where they should have assets, boots on the ground and hold our public officials accountable. Especially when there's racketeering involved, but also, you know, these taxes, Scott, now that you mention it, I saw a clip from NBC where they were talking about the taxes and I could have sworn I saw that like two years ago.
It's like as if they, if, they, <laughs> if they actually rerun that segment, you know, when they were obsessed with taxes and they don't even report and they go on vacation and they place it, no one will know any difference because they're still right. on the same talking points, which is so it's, it's because they have no news and they refuse to report good news like the USMCA, like uh, jobs, like taxes, like how we're trying to tackle healthcare, what discussions are being made, uh, you know, China negotiations, North Korea, uh, what's going on in Venezuela, like what's going on with Venezuela? That's a big deal, right? Remember, our president wrote out four executive orders over a period of 12 months over a year ago uh, relating to Venezuela. There's so much. The border. Why are they so adamant not to let it? Uh, the fraud that's happening there with the marriages and, and kids going missing and the Democrats funding these caravans and these organizations that are on DHS watch lists. Like, these, this is the news, and they're not talking about it at all. And this massacre is huge because, you know, I am telling you, Scott, darn it, this could be the tip of breaking open one of the biggest criminal organizations that has a really strong foothold in the state of North Dakota. And you know, I don't get how the people of this state don't want that done. It's as if, yeah, let's not, it's kind of like the closed door mentality. What happens behind closed doors stays behind it. Like they don't want people to air out their laundry. It feels as if they're insulted. They're dirty laundry. Yeah, that someone is bringing it up. And it's like, dude, your people are telling me, you know, some people are like, oh, we think it's this cartel and this person had links to cartels. And, you know, there's so many theories. Theories going also is that it was a bunch of, you know, refugees that have been resettled um, from Lutheran social services because they keep having wars in Bismarck and and Mandan with Sunnis and Shias. And I'm like, you know what the scariest part is you got a killer on the loose. Mm hmm. Exactly. And we're just supposed to trust them. They're like, yeah, you can call us. It's a 24 hour tip line. Uh, but you know, they're, the public isn't in danger, but always be aware of your surroundings. Look over your shoulder. It's like, are you insane? Like, why would you say that in the same sentence? There is a killer on the loose, a killer that brutally butchered people and no one is talking about it. They won't even say they were butchered. They won't even call it what it is, which was a massacre. It's, it's really disheartening that people aren't saying, instead of feeling embarrassed that someone is saying your city has some rotten stuff going on, instead of feeling embarrassed that a business that supposedly was praised because they were doing like tons of Facebook lives with the police and stuff, you know, instead of being embarrassed, think about your children and your community. Think about the fact that those killers, because it can't be just one, are still out on the loose. I mean, I, what is your take on this? I'm, I'm, this is all so strange. I have no way of understanding what the mentality behind this is, except for the fact that I'm smelling that this is a, 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 an LEO cover up. Number one, uh, something like men, like man did question how this came about happening. Cause this didn't just happen overnight. And there, there seems to be a lot of shady connections with the father and then uh, the last victim um, that goes back all the way to the 90s. So there's been a lot of weird stuff that's been happening in Mandan, I guess, for a long time. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, you know, it would just make a lot of sense to put people at, at ease. If you have such a violent killer in a small town like Mandan with a small force like they have, not just a small force in terms of 
financial power and, and art, you know, and their ability to get the job done, their experience with crimes like this that are outside of their ballywick. And then the, the other part is there's such a small force. And like I said, a lot of these officers probably went to school, you know, high school with a lot of the people that are involved in this thing. There's a conflict of interest. You got to, at some point, recuse yourself in a small town like that, where everybody sort of goes to the same school. Um, you know, so it's, it's, an, that's the other part is you got to get outsiders and independent investigators in place that have seen stuff like this before, which I don't think Mandan police officers have seen much of it. Uh, and then, you know, to get some, to remove any aspect of a conflict of interest, to get independent counsel in there, independent investigation in there to uh, get this job done. You got a killer on the loose. What next? Somebody else is going to get their head invaded. And they're going to be, um, their nails are going to be ripped off and they're going to have, uh, Heads you know, off and stuff, their yeah. head removed. That's the thing. People don't so no, seem this- to understand that. But that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. No one is talking about this. Like I've been talking to, you know, uh, other outlets that I write for, right? Either with my name or not. And they're like, but you know, the police isn't giving anything, you know, and we can't trust what testimony is coming from Mandan citizens. Cause they're all like just gossipy talk you know, which is true. And I have sources, but I can't put them on the record because these people have, you know, been in law enforcement for decades or, you know, just a few years. And in, in areas, you know, good journalists have good sources and, you know, or people, this is, this is a real problem. And it seems like every single step they're trying to obfuscate. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go out there and they don't want to be, they, they have so many reporters right now in Mandan and, and all of them are coming up empty. Like, why not ask the shop owner, you know, Hey, is this, I sent a question to the Mandan police and said, have you issued gag orders or had people sign non-disclosure agreements? Yes or no. That won't impede the investigation. Just tell us still haven't gotten an answer. It's been over 48 hours and I'm still waiting for that. So I've asked the real questions to be able to deduce and then run out and get more sources. And I'm doing it for my studio. Whereas we have people boots on the ground asking zero questions. You know, they were canvassing a field, uh, just a little far off from there. And I heard that it was from the suspect that they had in, in custody. Were they looking for the weapons? Mm, I don't know. Or just bodies. That's another thing. So these are real questions that people should be asking and should be pushing and forcing for answers, not, Oh, think of this. And it's sensitive. Look, If it happened to my parents, I'd be the first one asking the same questions, man. If my parents were involved with something shady, I want to know. That's not going to change my, you know, my feelings for my parents. You know, in business, especially in small towns, just like you said, there's like these, uh, you know, organizations that come in and you dance once, right? But you can't exit the dance because that's a rumor going around that they wanted to stop you know, working with some organization, um, and that that's why they were taken out. And it's like, they won't torture you. Uh, that means that they believe that you were talking. So this is just really, really strange. And messages that I'm getting from people, they're like, don't give use my name. And it's like, I never do. They're saying things, but again, I understand like why other outlets like, you know, um, 
Gateway, Big League, Breitbart, all of them. They're like, we want to talk about it, but we, we can't even trust the local people because they're insane. It's like some of them are like, just leave the police to do their job. It's like, no, man, they work for you. They have to answer to you. You don't just trust them blindly. This is where the confusion is, is that why is it such a tight lid? If it's so tight lid and so secretive, then why isn't the FBI in on this? That's the, that's the concern right. here. Why isn't the FBI? So why uh, wouldn't they employ the help? Well, you know, I'm sure they have cameras somewhere along the way. You know, there's security cameras. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, actually looking at the street view and the building in question uh, hadn't even been built as I think it's a recent building. Yeah. And they all had it's a, it's a fairly new. Yes. Yes. The fairly new but, building. But and they were well lot, off. A lot of business establishments around the in that area to where there would be video footage. Uh, and at that time of the day, at six, five, six, seven in the morning, uh, which is when you know the activity was happening, more than likely, uh, you would definitely have that kind of coverage. And uh, that would, you know, why wouldn't you want to share that information with the with the public? Well, uh, it's almost like they don't want any help because they don't really want to get to the bottom of this. Thank you. Why would you bring the FBI if you don't? if you want to cover it up that's the thing that's the only thing because if they are really looking for this guy they would have manuals do pardon Rahm Emanuel you know don't make mess with our business you know we have our own set of corruption here don't get involved you know mm -hmm. Rahm Emanuel doesn't want the feds to come in right exactly you don't want the feds prying in your stuff when you're dirty when you have something to cover up, you will not bring the federal government. That, yeah, Chicago does the same. We've seen it many, many times across the nation. That is exactly how they respond to things. Exactly how they respond to things. So, again, why won't they bring the FBI? When there's foul Pardon? When there's foul play. Exactly. And speaking of foul play, what is coming out of Chicago, Scott? Well, that's uh, that's a whole different case. And uh, Jesse Smollett has probably a day or two before he has to come up with 130,000 bucks to give to Chicago. That's number one. And that's just a placation that they're just placating there. They're just trying to buy some time. Uh, and I'm sure that he'll make good on that payment. But that'll also be an admission of guilt uh, right there. Um, but uh, the other part is they got the new mayor, uh, Lori Lightfoot. And uh, she might not be playing by the same set of rules. So we'll see what happens there. The other thing is, I don't think she has as much interest in covering for Rahm Emanuel. So Rahm Emanuel, who objects to the federal presence there, Lori Lightfoot coming right out of the gate with basically running a campaign that says, I'm going to stomp out fraud and corruption. Well, how could she then say no to the federal government's DOJ and FBI support? So... This is going to play well, I think, for, you know, Team Trump and the federal government in terms of getting to the bottom of what actually happened there, which, again, I think involves uh, an FBI investigator, Wing, who is basically doing a sex crimes, uh, human trafficking operation sting uh, that might be connected to what Smollett was doing, because Smollett's hoax was so primitive and stupid that it couldn't have possibly been serious. So it was almost perhaps meant to be caught or that they knew that it would be such a weak operation that they would catch it. And then they would just smoke everybody out and expose everybody. But 
you know, keep in mind that Rahm Emanuel's brother is a big time Hollywood exec. And, uh, and Smollett is a actor that's a social justice warrior that's friends with the Obamas and, and Mich- uh, Kamala Harris. And, and together you get all these people that know each other since childhood, you know, like Rahm Emanuel's wife, Amy Roll, who knew Tina Chen since school days. Little little kids together. Uh, they were close friends. No way Tina Chen's going to make a deal with Kim Fox and not notify Rom and his wife of what's going down. So this is just a big, huge ruse that involved Kamala Harris, her anti-lynching propaganda piece that she passed in the Senate with Cory Booker's help, but wasn't getting through the House. So at some point, they were going to go ahead and try to make good on that little thing. It was such a stupid thing to do. But then you got the involvement of the sex trade attorney, the creepy porn lawyer, Avenatti and Garagos, who are connected with the next VM ring. And then you got the FBI that's connected with the celebrity pimping that's coming on out of Chicago and connecting with Hollywood by way of Rahm Emanuel and his brother, I think, and the help of Jesse Smollett, who you know, thinks of himself as more of an actor than he really is, apparently. So you have a big, huge hot mess. The gay Tupac. And it's all connected. Nike's involved. Mm -hmm. The same Nike that was involved in paying off Kaepernick has gotten gotten themselves involved with paying off Avenatti, a fixer. And together, that whole thing uh, went south as well. So this is a big hot mess. This is not the way this was supposed to play out. That, that Nike wasn't supposed to be extorted, but Avenatti was a loose cannon. And Smollett wasn't supposed to be such a boneheaded, stupid, stupid person and botched the thing in such, such a way that he did. And then when he got busted, he cried like a baby because he's a wimp. And Kamala Harris had to pull out the big guns to put this whole thing to bed. This is a botched a sting. This is a botched setup. I don't want to say it's a botched robbery or a botched hoax. It was really a planned hoax that was completely mishandled, botched. And then the second tier of that was the unexpected, Avenatti. Okay, well, we're going to pay Avenatti off with Nike, except for the fact that Avenatti was desperately broke. So broke, in fact, that when he was in the Southern District of New York, he actually had to file papers to say he's financially uh, uh, unable to to have an attorney. He needs to get a public defender. So that's pretty that's pretty telling right there that Avenatti's monies are completely tied up uh, because he's in such debt with tax fraud out in California and a whole bunch of other things. So when he shook Nike down, that was probably the money that he needed. He was desperate, and I don't think people understood how desperate he was. But we're Avenatti knows a lot more about a lot of other things. Where is he spending all this money that he gets? He got like six million dollars overnight, probably by Obama's foundation that he and Obama got his money from the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, but when you look at crowd justice and the way Avenatti was paid, that's money laundering 101. They're going to get to the bottom of that too. Well, you know the the bottom line is is that right now in Chicago from from you know, because on the, on the Chan boards where people are investigating the Smollett, Avenatti, Fox, you know, Prepwinkle, uh, Ron Manuel, all of them, there's talk that they are actually investigating the investigators that were investigating Jesse Smollett now. So the city is actually probing the cops 
for releasing the information they have, who was on the beat, who was collecting information. And remember, they had... So basically, the city of Chicago is demanding that the police department uh, give them up their DHS, like all the information they got from the Department of Homeland Security. Every officer is being interviewed, is going to be interviewed. They're checking their social media. Why are they talking to the press? Why are they telling the people the truth, basically? And you know what? It's happening also for the Mandan massacres. They're trying to probe and collect information to see who's talking from there. Like that is something that just popped up on that Chan board where we're discussing the Mandan massacre. Pictures are being posted, information. And this is, this is a problem. When your own city and your own police, just like in Chicago and even here in the city of Mandan, are trying to, you know, follow which police officers, which law enforcement officers are talking to people and reporters, that is a huge red flag. Huge. And, uh, you know, in the age of information, it's very difficult kind of circling back to what Christopher Ray was saying about disseminating information. But this is why it's important that we have that privacy and are able to exchange information as citizens, because sometimes the investigators need to be investigated, just like in the case with the whole Russia collusion hoax. We need to start investigating the investigators uh, because why are they uh, throwing roadblocks and not talking and trying to collect information and interviewing people? Why are they trying to, you know, silence people? This is this is really important stuff. This is happening in Chicago. And all this is good news for the Patriots and the, the Trump team members, because, you know, when you say take a look at it, when Trump had been saying, you know, it's sick. I was wiretapped. Everybody said, you're out the lunch. You're a joke. You're lying. He just made that up. Nope. Oh, it turns out it's true. Right. And then when he, he basically said this is a witch hunt and then turns out, well, no, it is true. So, I mean, when, when they talk about, um, you know, the unhinged left and uh, the embarrassment of creating this hoax and pinning, pinning it on, when you got to make stuff up, whether it's Russian collusion or racism or whatever, dependent on Trump. You know, and all these Me Too hoaxes, you know, that was going on with Roy Moore. And now we know what hypo- hypocrites the left is. They've exposed themselves to not only be, um, you know, resistance to a fault. Uh, they make stuff up, whether it's doxing, the Kavanaugh thing, and you juxtapose that with Fairfax and Northrum and all the hierarchy in Virginia or Keith Ellison and the double standards, the hypocrisy. Everything is blowing up in their faces. And right now, you know, when you take a look at the mainstream media, their number one man was Avenatti for 2020, right? Turns out Avenatti's this big joke, right? And then the the Russian collusion, another hoax. And then you got got Jesse Smollett. And how low will they go? And even black people are starting to stand up and take notice and say, you know what? Trump is a victim like we've been victims. And these Democrats have been trying to play us like fools and we're not going to do it anymore. And I'm telling you, this is all backfiring on the mainstream media to the point where, just like you've said, they're pulling their pants down right in front of us. Right. And just like Paul Preston, you know, just selling them rope, just let them hang themselves. And they're pretty much doing it for us. They're all the heavy lifting. And it's the reason why is because when you take when you took Obama off the teleprompter 
What happened to him? He acted a damn fool. Couldn't speak straight. He couldn't even, he started stuttering. The guy was about as dumb as a rock, Obama. And so the point was, as soon as you got him off the script, he was flustered. He didn't know how to behave because everything he said was a lie that had to have been scripted because you can't possibly keep track of all those lies and all that deception. And uh, we're finding out now that these people don't have a script, that they are, they are like uh, a, a ship at sea without a sail, without a rudder. They're rudderless, and they're banging into each other. Where do you see what happens in Chicago when the Fraternal Order of Police, the FBI, and the DOJ go after the establishment in Chicago? It's going to be a hot mess, and the people that are going to come out winning are the people that are selling the truth. The people that are going to go down are the people perpetuating a lie. And I would dare say the same thing is going to happen in Mandan, North Dakota. Oh, my gosh. And it's such a huge cover. It goes so high up. Like the things that have been put overnight on the Chan board while I was sleeping, because we've got people working on this from all areas of the planet. Uh, when there's something of national interest, a lot of people get in on it and some stuff, it's like so connected and you know, what's funny, uh, you know, they're trying to backtrack and limit and bottleneck who has access to stuff. But speaking of corruption, can I ask you a question, Scott? So let's pretend you're an elected official in your state. So you're in Maryland and you're elected or Washington DC and you're an elected official and your local legislation is trying to push, I don't know, red flag laws. Let's just pretend. And you lobby and contribute money and help raise money to, to promote that, right? To promote, um, not, not red flag, let's say to allow police to add guns to drones. Let's pretend, okay? This isn't a real thing. But And you're going to lobby with elected sheriffs, and you're an elected official. You could be a senator of, you know, representing Washington, D.C., a judge, an attorney general, whatever. Say you lobby, and you, like, raise money to um, quash anyone that says, oh, we shouldn't legalize it. Is that illegal? Can elected officials lobby bills in their area? No, I mean, that's a great question because I was going to comment on that earlier a little bit. And that is that, you know, we're seeing that happen all over the place where states are basically saying, you know, we're not going to adhere to the electoral college. We're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, award our delegates to the person who wins the popular vote. So that's another take. So, and, But what if they're raising money, too? Yeah. And the same thing is true with border security and immigration mm -hmm. enforcement and a whole host of other things. It seems like these states have gone rogue in terms of, you know, like and it's just sort of like the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, somehow a high court like that will make a ruling and it'll prevent the president from issue, you know, issuing or, cult or pushing forward his federal issue until it gets brought up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court denies it. So a lot of these red flag laws, for example, you know, we have a second amendment. So there's a police officer in Colorado, for example, that says, I'm not going to enforce this red flag law because it goes against the second amendment. Although I, it's my duty to enforce the law and they're passing this law, but this law is in violation of the, it's unconstitutional. So, you know, at some point, this police officer is going to have to make a choice in Colorado to uh, honor the Constitution first, then the state law. 
And, you know, that's that becomes a very difficult debate. It's almost akin to the lady that was in uh, Kentucky, I think it was, that didn't want to serve uh, do a, issue a marriage license for homosexuals. And then that brought up the Supreme Court case. Right. Uh, there's the guy who cakes and things like that. And there's different subtle nuances to each and every case. But that red flag law is being played out in real time in Colorado right now with a, mm-hmm. you know, with a police officer that's not going to carry out the order because he is respecting the constitution first, which is what every one of them should be doing. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm saying like, yeah. even in my state, uh, there was admittance by the sitting attorney general that he lobbied to quash uh, measure three that was on the ballot and raised money for it uh, f- to decriminalize what marijuana. Is that? That's illegal. What is measure three? Measure three was measure a bill three? that was on uh, just now uh, during this election rotation, I would say, uh, to decriminalize marijuana and make it, recre- you know, to have recreational marijuana. And what he did was he helped raise funds and even possibly contributed, we're still investigating that, to um, oppose that measure. That's against the law, especially when you're the attorney general and you're there to simply enforce the law. Yeah, well, what's next? I mean, Ilhan Omar is going to be advocating for Sharia, Sharia law in her district. Right. No, but Don't she is. To death. But she is. Governor Walz is now making three anti-Islamophobia centers and, you know, saying it's like almost Jelani's hand is so far up him. He's like a sock puppet. Care just posted that video. It was insane. I was watching it and I was like, where are the citizens of Minnesota? Like what happened? Uh, you know, kind of like this is like a going theme across the nation. It's like where are these? I just don't know what's happened to Minnesota. They're so drunk on Kool-Aid. Uh, what, how in the world can they stand for this? I don't know. Maybe when, was, when, a, when a Sharia patrol tells them that their skirt is short and they issue them a fine, reality will hit. Uh, God knows. But for now, what we do know is, is that, you know, on a national level, we've got a huge emergency going at the border that's getting fixed. Tomorrow, we've got the Costco plea deal. Oh, my gosh. We're going to see Avenatti in the news cycle again with the Kavanaugh stuff. Feinstein's on suicide watch. Uh, we have all these transcripts being released and it's been the slowest week ever, hasn't it, Scott? So we're expecting some really big announcements on Friday, which will be really interesting to see. Um, wow. Well, we only have like a, a minute and a half. Yeah, we, we only have like a minute pattern. and a half left. Um, tell people what you think is going to occur tomorrow being Friday. What are you seeing in the news cycles? Well, this, this has all the makings of... Uh, some big drops. I definitely think that uh, William Barr's announcement, I think William Barr is growing uh, a bit aggravated with some of the disgruntled members of the Mueller team. And he came out with his statement. Uh, I think that what is being done by Nadler uh, is going to provoke, you know, yet another response. At some point, you know, every reaction requires a reaction. It's all about controlling and dominating the news cycles. And right now, I don't think Trump wants Nadler to get too far ahead ahead of him on on that particular, you know, news cycle situation. I think that I think there's so much that Trump can actually reveal whenever he feels like he needs to or wants to, that he's got a whole bunch of tricks up Huber's sleeve, and uh, and the DOJ sleeve. There's so many things he can do to cause trouble for the people in Congress that are causing him trouble. That I think we'll see 
uh, something happen tomorrow. I think we'll definitely see something that's newsworthy. Yeah, and I'm waiting for a few drops too today. So we'll see if any Q drops happen today. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, on the, on that note, I'm I'm expecting something big to come out of this. Um, I'm expecting something to come from the Navixum and the Epstein case. Uh, that should be coming to fruition. But tomorrow, I'm going to be watching for this plea deal. Navixum is huge. It should have been covered a lot differently and a lot more than it has been. Well, you know, but you know who's involved in that, right? We know all the common players, don't we, Scott? Um, Scott, thank you for coming to the Tory Sess Show, everyone. You can listen to Scott's show Monday through Friday, and that's 8 a.m. to 11, right? Eastern, 10? Yep. 11, right? 8 to 12. 8 to 12. 8 to 12 Eastern Time on ScottAdamShow.com. Thank you so much, Scott, for being with us. Everyone, God bless from everyone here in Red State. Thank you. Thank you.